Welcome to Wizard Studies. I'm Katie. And I'm Audrey. And today we are going to be talking about everybody's favorite two-faced professor, <laughs> Professor Queerness. <laughs> Queerness? 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 Quirrell. That's a mouthful. It's a hard one to say. Um, it's so nice to look at you. <laughs> I'm not on a screen, Are we going to talk about this? <laughs> We're recording in the same room again. Oh my god, Only you guys the, are like, getting so many treats lately. Third time ever. I think maybe we've maybe done more than three podcasts, because yeah. the, the first time I think we did two, but yeah. third time ever. Yeah. Um, so our patron of the episode is Jacine. Thank you for your support, Jacine. Yes, thank you. So, if you haven't been living under a rock, you know about the big Harry Potter news that's been in the news <laughs> lately. So, the 20th anniversary of the release of the Sorcerer's Stone was this past movie. week. Yeah, movie. Was this past week, I think, right? Did yeah. they announce it on the actual anniversary? I don't know. And also, we're recording this a couple weeks ahead of time. So yeah. we are recording this November 21st. Um, so and this will be like news ancient news like, by the time this comes out. But. Yeah. But the news broke like Monday, on Tuesday. Tuesday. Yeah. 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 On, the, yeah, on the 17th. So there will be a reunion special that will be airing on HBO BBC. Max. Oh, yes. HBO Max. Yes. On New Year's Day. 2022. 2020? Oh my god, that's scary. <laughs> that will be featuring some of the actors and actresses from the movies. So I think the only people that have been confirmed so far from at least the article I'm reading here are Daniel Radcliffe, Rupert Grant, Emma Watson. So the, the big three. Emma. The golden trio. <laughs> and it says that this is the first time they've reunited for a Harry Potter project since the premiere of Deadly Hallows Part 2. Yeah. Which is quite exciting, because I don't know if I ever really believed that something like this would happen. Yeah, especially because, like, I feel like... I feel like all three of them have really, like, moved on. And tried to distance themselves. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's fair. Like, you don't want, like, you... If you want to be seen as, like, a quote-unquote serious actor, like, you don't want to... Your defining role to be the, like... Or your childhood role to be the only thing people talk about. And I feel like... Emma particularly has tried to do, like, more in different things. Yeah. Um, so, and I think of her as the biggest, like, star out I of think the so. three. Yeah. I, I would agree with that. Um, like, honestly, even when I saw the headlines, I was like, oh, I doubt they'll get all three of them back. Yeah. like, I hadn't yeah. read any of the articles at that point. And so I was, like, really shocked. I was not expecting this at all. And they must be shelling out some big bucks to those three in particular. Yeah, and, like, also kind of just playing on some Like, where would you be without this role? I'm just pulling up um, Emma's Instagram Mm. post, and 
She like starts it. Harry Potter was my home, my family, my world, and Hermione parentheses still is yeah. my favorite mm-hmm. fictional character of all time. Um, you know, she just has this long post kind of about what what it means to her saying thank you to the film crew, the fans. Yeah. Uh, and she says, "Happy twentieth anniversary, Potterheads. We hope you enjoy the Harry Potter twentieth anniversary return to Hogwarts." Um. Lots to look forward to. So, I yeah, I think they're kind of, like, a little bit playing on yeah. some emotions. I also, I wonder how, like, si- like getting them to sign on to it went. Because I could also see if they got one, they could go to the other two and be like, oh, well, they're going to be there. I have the full list oh, okay. now. Um, well, not the full list, but... That, yeah, that's what so I saw earlier. So you announced earlier. the trio. And so yeah. I was just looking on her, she, on her Instagram. She, like, made a... Uh, story highlight that's like the whole trailer from the thing oh, okay. and so the names listed here which is i think it are already said the, the trio names yeah so hang on streaming january 1st daniel radcliffe rupert grant emma watson and then it lists a whole bunch of them so we have helena bottom carter Ooh. love robbie coltrane oh ralph fines Ray Fines. Ray Fines. Right. I always. <laughs> it's it hard well. when you read it. Yeah. Um, Gary Oldman. Oh, that's a big get. He's yeah. Like a legit actor. Imelda Staunton. Oh. Fresh yeah. off of her role Fresh off as crowd. Queen I Elizabeth. saw set photos of her today from the Crown. Uh-huh. Actually. Okay. Tom Felton, James Phelps, Oliver okay. Phelps, Mark Williams, who is Mr. Weasley. Yeah. Bonnie Wright, Alfie Enoch. Love. <laughs> Matthew <laughs> Lewis, Ivana Lynch. Chris Columbus and many more. Okay, but that's like those uh, are probably like. So top if they build. had Maggie Smith, she would be on, on the top build, like, probably. Yeah, unless they're like waiting and they're like announce her like the day before. Oh my god! You know, unless like she's not fully confirmed. I wonder how she's doing. Probably not well. <laughs> <laughs> um. So those are some good names. Oh no. Um. Why am I blanking? On. Molly Weasley? Molly's name. Julie Walters. Julie Walters. All I could think of was Rosie, and I was like, oh, nope, yeah. that's in Molly, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think who else would I... Oh, the list I had had Crab and Goyle, too. Yeah. So I wonder yeah. if they're in the many more. Many more. Because they're, they're not, not really, like, yeah. recognizable I mean, I names. wouldn't they didn't even recognize really um, I wonder names. if Seamus, because we're getting Yeah, Dean. we have Dean. Yeah, but Alfie Enoch is, like, a bigger gig yeah. than... Yeah, because he's, like, gone on to do things. Oh my god, I'm blinking on his name too. I don't know his name. Um, Devin Murray. Yes. I think I did know that. Yeah, and, and then... We don't have uh, Lupin, David Thewlis. Yeah, Lucius either. Oh, which I would have thought Lucius would do He's it. normally... He like does Harry Potter he's stuff He's like done too. stuff with Tom Felton before. So he, maybe name. he's in it. Jason Isaacs. Yes. Um, Trying to think who else... Oh my god, I almost just said Alan Rickman. Oh, sorry, sorry. We also, Narcissa. this is gonna be a dumb oh. question, but is um, Michael Gambon still alive? I think so. <laughs> I, I, Narcissa don't... died. Yeah, yeah. No, that, that, I thought oh, you were okay. gonna say that because I talked about Alan Rickman. Michael Gambon is still alive. How He's old is 81 he? years old. Okay, that's not like... How old is Maggie Smith? Maybe they can't do it because of COVID. They're afraid of it. Mm. Maggie Smith is 86. Jeez. She's older than... Michael Gambon. Michael Gambon. Yeah. 
I mean, Michael Gambon had to... So he was in his 60s. Because it was the 20th anniversary, and he probably started, what, like, 15 years ago? Yeah. Trying to think who else... I feel like those are kind of the the big missing ones are Maggie Smith and Michael Gambon. Yeah. And Jason Isaacs. Yeah. That I can think of off the top of my head. Um, Chris Columbus will be there. Will David Gates be there? Well, I because it's the anniversary of the first film. Oh yeah. Which yeah, is yeah. weird. But Why is like, Helena Bonham Carter there? Well, then? I think it's gonna be like yeah, yeah. Like I'm series. sure if they could get Helena Bonham Carter, they'd. They'd and, like, Gary her. Oldman is not in the yeah, first film. Yeah, that's true. Same thing with Gary Oldman. Oh, no Robert Pattinson. Well, that's sad. I mean, he's not really in the series that much, but... <laughs> um, Emma Thompson? Has anybody, that would be a huge get. That would be a huge get. Has anybody asked Robert Pattinson about Cursed Child, do you think? I don't think he knows that Cursed Child <laughs> exists. I would love to hear your Oh, thoughts. and you... The list you had had Katie Leung, right? Yes, yeah. Um, who's Cho Chang. yeah. I'm I'm just looking at a whole cast list right now. Oh, the guy who played Bill. I wonder if Chris Rankin's going to be there. He does everything. He's, he might not be big enough. He might not have been invited. <laughs> I, he Sorry, would, he would be Sorry, there in a heartbeat. <laughs> I know, I'm trying to think of other Weasleys. I'm surprised that Bill's not there, but he's also kind of a big actor now. So Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not going to pronounce his name because I know I'm going to say it wrong. I, so. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, this is. I was like, I was like not super excited about that. I was just like, oh, okay, you know, like it's gonna be. I'm sure it's gonna be like very gimmicky. I'm gonna cry. But like, (laughs) I probably, I'm definitely gonna watch it, and I'll, I'll enjoy it. Yeah, it'll be fun, and it'll be cute to just like. I hope they like kind of have them reacting to how baby they look. I there is a one hundred. There is a one hundred percent chance I'm going to cry while watching this. I can (laughs) guarantee you. Yeah. Um, Okay, so should we move on? Yeah, let me just look and make sure. Okay, listen to this. Despite premiering in 2001, the first film of the franchise still ranks as one of the top 50 blockbuster movies of all time, ranking raking in more than 1.9 billion dollars worldwide. Uh, uh. That's that's kind of like to be one of the top 50, like I assume it's grossing. Yeah. Um movies of all time. Yeah, that's crazy. That's I wonder if any of the other Harry Potter movies are on that list as well. And that is solely from the movie. One. It's not from any of the like deals that go No, it with says it. blockbuster movies. Huh. I mean, it's so, it just says ranks as one of the top 50 blockbuster but, movies of all time. I don't know what it's ranking. I assume it's cash or income or whatever. Yeah. Gross. Yeah. But so I wonder if like when, you know, like when streaming services like mm, buy the movies, they buy like, them in a group. So yeah. is that like dividing the number by seven or is mm. it like counting it all towards one? Uh, I don't, I don't know. know how any of this stuff works. But, Neither do I. Um, that is impressive nonetheless yeah yeah i'm i was not really super excited until we just started talking just about, talking it, now. about it and yeah, now i'm like i wonder how long it's gonna be if it's like half an hour i'm gonna kill somebody <laughs> i think it'll be at least an hour and a half yeah oh an hour and a half i was gonna say at least an hour does i it, guess there won't be commercials yeah 
but like that's a lot of there's, there's like at least too many people, 20 yeah. names to talk to yeah and i'm sure some of them they'll ask like one question yeah but and i wonder how it'll set up like i wonder if all of them will be together or if they'll just kind of have like groups some people together like i'm sure the three mm-hmm. main actors are going to be together and then if like helena bonham carter will just have like a solo like interview kind of thing you know and they'll have like yeah. i wonder what this is I would love just like a full round table, but I feel like there's too many coming. Yeah, to I think do there's that. too many. But yeah. So get excited for that. Yeah, no, this is exciting. And Miss JK Rowling will not be making an appearance. Good. So all right. So let's talk about Professor Quirrell. <laughs> um, let's see what we have to say about this guy. So, starting off the fact file, his name is Quirinus, Quirinus Quirrell. If anybody, I think it's Quirinus because I think it's supposed to be replicating the quirrell sound. Yeah, yeah. Quirinus Quirrell. If anybody, like, is confident on how to say his first name, let us know. Send us an audio recording. Do they say his first name at all in the book, do you think? Or is this, like, additional information? Because I'm trying to, like, I don't think I've ever heard... Like, uh, Jim Dale say his name. Um, like, I'm trying to yeah. think back to Jim Dale's pronunciation, but I don't know if I've... I don't know that they it. say it in the book. Um, okay, so there's some interesting etymology on here. Um, Quirinus was a Roman god about whom there's not a lot of information, um, but he is commonly associated with war, which is said to be a clue that, like, Quirrell is not as meek as he appears. Um, Quirinus is also used as an epithet for the Roman god Janus, um, which Janus is the god that has two faces. So, I mean, hit you over the head with that etymology. Just or that. classic etymology from here. <laughs> um, you know, it's <laughs> Remus Lupin being a werewolf level. Yeah. Um, and... Janus was also the god of beginnings, and this says about how, like, Quirrell was the first one to find Voldemort, and this is the beginning of the book. It's Voldemort's first, like, run-in with Harry since, you know, that fateful night. 1981, October 31st. Um, And then as far as his last name, Quirrell is very near near to Squirrel, (laughs) like the rodent. (laughs) Squirrels are rodents, right? (laughs) Yeah. No idea. <laughs> what what um, makes a rodent? Like, what is the distinguishing things about rodents? I mean, well, rodents are mammals, so it's not yeah, like yeah, a, but it's like, like a subset. What makes rodents different from just mammals? Like, like what is the? I don't know. Brain size. Is it size. Probably overall size. A way of life. I do know hedgehogs are not classified as rodents scientifically. Probably like the way that they scavenge and live. Yeah. Um, anyway, squirrels are, now I feel like I'm, like, saying squirrel, squirrel like, quirrel, like, squirrel, um, are small, cute, and harmless. <laughs> I saw Which a black is, squirrel the other day. Um, there are a lot of black squirrels on MIT's campus. Really? Yeah. It can't, it was, I've seen it twice now, run across the road at the exact same time of day. Hmm. Um, and it also, <laughs> the name Quirrell also suggests <laughs> quiver. <laughs> which is a, no, a nod to the character's innate nervousness. Which is it? An, do you think he was a nervous person before he was inhabited by Voldemort? Like, is well, it innate? But no, he drops it. 
in the end of the at the end of the book. So it's not innate. So it's an he's act. doing it on purpose. Yeah, it's an, it's an act. He's not, it's not he, innate. Oh, and no, they say that he picked it up while he was traveling abroad. So it is he, he picked new. up his stutter. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. they think it's because he ran into like people are like. He, what did he see? Yeah. He's yeah. awesome shit. Well, he kind of did. <laughs> yes, that is true. Um, that's a weird choice. I feel like that's overkill. Yeah. To linken it to quiver, you mean? Or to, well, no, no. To be to nervous. Stutter. Oh, yeah. Like, what was the purpose? Yeah. Nobody was suspicious. But does he drop it in, like, the underground chamber because Voldemort has taken over more and it's, like, more like Voldemort speaking? I, I feel like it's implied that, like, he just drops it because it was an act. I mm. could, that could just be my interpretation. And I think like it could movie. just be Voldemort speaking, though. Mm, true. Because at a certain point, but, like, Voldemort, but Voldemort does has start. his own mouth. Yeah, that's true. Hmm. I don't know. Okay, interesting. Odd motivations. <laughs> we'll talk about his motivations later. His birthday is pre-September 26, 1967, um, because he had to be, like, teaching age by 1991? Well, before that, too. Oh, true. Right? Because yeah, we know he's muggle studies before that. For Do we know how many years? Year. Yeah. So he took a sabbatical from 90 to 91, and that's yeah. when he went to the So, we, he so was 89 to 90. Yeah. He was at least a teacher in 89. Yeah. Yeah, but it's, I guess, pre- that's not September. That's not right. 1967 to 1989 is 22 years. And technically, you only have to be 18 to be a teacher, presumably. Yeah, the wiki says September 26, 1967, or earlier. earlier. Yeah, so that's like the old, the youngest he could have been, is what it's saying. But yeah, but why the 26, too? That does. I don't know. It doesn't, it doesn't give a good sense. Maybe. On maybe we. Do we hear his age at some point? I don't know. Hmm. Like, do we know his. Because that's like a month ish into the yeah. school year. Yeah. I wonder if there's something that happens like that day where it's like, I've already had my birthday this year. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I mean, like, I'm sure that's not it. That's weird. And it doesn't say anything. It just says... And maybe this has something to do with Hogwarts mystery. Oh, I hope not. (laughs) Anyways. That's, like, probably roughly how old he is. Yeah. Because he's... Presumably a younger teacher around the time. So I would think he's in his early 20s. Yeah. I would be interesting, interested. Like, so we know he's in Ravenclaw. Mm-hmm. Do we think that he was in Ravenclaw at the same time as Lockhart? No, I think Lockhart's like older. older. Lockhart's like at least 40. Was a lot, how, who was Lockhart, how was Lockhart in comparison to James, the Marauders? I think Lockhart's older. older. Yeah. Okay. Because uh, I thought it was older, but... There's also something that says that Quirrell... I think this might come from mystery, Hogwarts mystery, that Quirrell was, like, aware of the Marauders. So that oh. definitely means Wait, at the same time as they say Lockhart was born in 1964. The wiki. Let me look So that would have... that If he if Quirrell was born in 67, they would have overlapped. overlapped. I don't think Lockhart would have paid much attention to Quirrell. No. Um, oh, my God. Uh, yeah, from the Wizarding World writing. That's the date we get. So, I guess they did overlap. I feel like that might come from Hogwarts Mystery, because it says, 
During the special teacher appreciation celebration at Hogwarts in 1985-86, Marula Snide was given a task to interview and learn about. Oh, Bell. so he was there. Yeah, so that is maybe that's season. the year that yeah. they're like subtracting from to get birthday. Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, what we do know is the day that he died. <laughs> Wait, before you get to that, what star sign does that make quarrel if we're assuming that the 26th September is isn't that a Virgo well it's a late September, September 26 oh wait it, it's no, whatever but what we, don't, David? we don't know that that's his I know birthday. but if we just say that that's his birthday Libra I don't know anything about astrology um okay wait he should be a Gemini when is Gemini it's uh end of May to end of June I'm a Gemini oh okay it's like May 22nd to June 20th or something. Yeah. But yeah, he should be a Gemini. Okay. Canon. Coral's birthday is sometime in early June. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So his death date was also in early June. Yeah. <laughs> he died on June 4th, 1992 in the bowels of Hogwarts Castle. I feel like we've used, we, we said the bowels of Hogwarts. I think it's just. In the run episode. Um, <laughs> So his body gets like badly blurred, <laughs> burned and blistered, otherwise known as blurned, <laughs> when Harry touches him in the fight for the stone and he ends up dying as Voldemort like dispossesses the body to save himself. Um, I think it's just that he's been like so weakened at that point. Um, in the movie, and I'm not sure how this is in the book, I always thought it was weird how Harry's like putting his hands oh, yeah. on Quirrell's face and like... It's kind of a brutal way to kill someone. You know how, like, they always say, like, strangling is, like, the most, oh, it's like, like personal. sociopathic, like, personal way to kill someone because you have to, like, look in the person's eyes. And, like, that's kind of what like, Harry's doing. I think like, Harry's, like, closing hands. his eyes and, like, looking away <laughs> when this is happening because he's not, like, really trying to kill Coral, but, like, kind of cold-blooded of you, Harry. Yeah. <laughs> Straight up killed his teacher. Is this the... Is Quirrell the only person that Harry's directly killed? Um, yes. Sorry, I'm just like going through the book. Six. If you call it directly killing, because to be fair, we don't know if like Harry putting his hands on him is what killed him or, or Voldemort, Voldemort dispossessing him. Prob- yeah, it's probably a combination. combination of both. Probably just to like not have Harry be the one reason. I think that you could also make an argument during the Battle of the Seven Potters that Harry if you kills, stupefy yeah, somebody and they're on a broom, yeah, like you that's kill, a kill them. That counts as a kill. Um, also, though, doesn't you're about to read the first mention soon? Yes, so, but like, doesn't Harry shake Quirrell's hand in the ba- in the Leaky Cauldron? I know we're about to find out. So if he does. Or maybe, like, he, maybe they, like, specifically don't. We'll see. We'll see. Stay tuned. All right. Tell I haven't actually wand. read the first one <laughs> yet. So. so, Quirrell's wand, we do know. Uh, there is writing about Quirrell, so I assume this is where it comes from. Um, it is a nine-inch wand, which is on the shorter end, I feel like. Like, maybe average to short. Yeah, Umbridge's... How long is Umbridge's wand? Because she has it's the shortest like, wand, right? It's, it's not six. Six is way too short, right? Eight inches yeah. is Umbridge's. So, yeah, it's, it's fairly... On the shorter end, which we know that, like, length is, like... Yeah. It's supposed to... It, like, kind of correlates to your body size, but, but also, also like, to, like, character. your character. Yeah. And he doesn't 
have a particularly good character. Yeah, we can also talk about his character as something else. <laughs> um, so is Wanda's Alder? Not Elder. Not Elder. Alder Wand with unicorn hair. Which he has another connection to unicorns later in the book. <laughs> yeah. And, and easiest to turn to the... No, not... Work hardest to turn to the dark arts. Yes. Interesting. And bendy. Which... He clearly Again. has a very susceptible personality. Yes. So I'll read the reading on Alder Wand. <laughs> oh, this is what? Okay. The first sentence is Alder is an unyielding wood. Then how is it bendy? Interesting. Okay. I wonder if bendy is in, in a metaphorical sense. Oh. And not actually bendy. No, but wouldn't it bendy metaphorically would mean... He is a bendy person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm just saying like the actual wood, probably. Because it says it's unyielding wood. Like that's an oxymoron. Yeah. Um, Yet I have discovered that its ideal owner is not stubborn or obstinate, but often helpful, considerate, and most likable. Okay. Whereas most wandwoods seek similarity in characters of those they will best serve, Alder is unusual in that it seems to desire a nature that is, if not precisely opposite to its own, then certainly a markably different type. When an Alder wand is happily placed, it becomes a magnificent, loyal helpmate. Of all wand types, Alder is best suited to nonverbal spell work, Whence comes its reputation for being suitable only for the most advanced witches and wizards. All right, I did not understand half of that. Well, so a few things that I picked up on. It's all like oxymorons. Yeah, right. Like the wand itself is different. Is is not similar in characteristics to the owner. owner, Which like Coral himself is like a character of duality, obviously. Yeah. Um. The thing about, I mean, we, like, are led to believe that he's a very skilled Yeah, wizard. we also do know that, again, I can talk about, the, I'll talk probably talk about this later, but there's also, like, he performs remarkable magic throughout the Sorcery mm-hmm. Stone, and it's debated whether it's Voldemort's power or Quirrell's power, but some of that is, like, nonverbal magic. And I was going to say nonverbal would be a very good one to have if you have a stutter. That is true. Um, yeah, I wonder how stuttering. I'm sure it affects works. because because like you have to like enunciate right. words and like you have to say them in a specific way, yeah. like Guardian Leviosa. Yeah. So, I think that's an interesting wand. Um, also, based on like our chart of characters, Wandwoods that we've been like updating yeah. as we go, he is the only one we have as Alderwood. Um, so I think that's interesting. It's very like duality oxymorons yeah um, and you can't quarrel is helpful and considerate to voldemort and he's, <laughs> we don't have yeah it's very controversial of like who he was before we don't yes, really know yeah so there's very little we know about him um and then even like because what we do see of him it's like how much of that was him, how much of that was Voldemort. So it's very difficult to, like, parse out who the real quarrel is. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so last thing in the fact file, his house was Ravenclaw, as Katie mentioned. Um, and based on, like, what we know about him from before his possession, this makes sense. He's, like, supposed to be very studious and curious and, like, kind of keep his head down. It seems like he flies under the radar a bit. Um, and then, like, that curiosity is something that we can talk about with um, 
his quote-unquote sabbatical and maybe or maybe not seeking out Voldemort. All right. Let's talk about that first mention, what we've (laughs) all been waiting for. So I'll include this line, but it doesn't, whatever. Harry shook hands again and again. Doris Crockford kept coming back for more. A pale young man made his way forward very nervously. One of his eyes was twitching. Professor Quirrell, said Hagrid. Harry, Professor Quirrell will be one of your teachers at Hogwarts. Potter, stammered Professor Quirrell, grasping Harry's hand. Can't tell you how pleased I am to meet you. What sort of magic do you teach, Professor Quirrell? The defense against the dark. Sorry, I'm trying to get the correct amount of <laughs> stutter. The uh, dark arts, muttered Professor Quirrell, and as though he'd rather not think about it, and not that you'd need it. A Potter, he laughed nervously. You'll be getting all your equipment, I suppose. I've got to pick up a new book on vampires myself. Sorry, this is very difficult. He looked terrified at the very thought, but the others wouldn't let Professor Quirrell keep Harry to himself. It took almost ten minutes to get away from them all. At last, Hagrid managed to make himself heard over the babble. Must get on. Lots to buy. Come on, Harry. Okay, grasped his hand. Yeah. That's pothole. I wonder if he's wearing gloves. (laughs) That's pothole. Yeah. Which is weird, because why... I feel like a lot of plot holes in Harry Potter come from, like, multiple books. This is just one book. Yeah. This is within the book, so why would... Why not when you write the go end, back. you don't... You go back and check if you add Quirrell Touch Harry. Yeah. Or if you don't want to write it as he doesn't touch him. Say, like, Harry, like, feels a pain in his scar. Yeah. Or something. And I mean, like, Quirrell's a nervous guy. I feel like you could, like, very much be, like... He didn't shake his hand. Yeah. yeah. That's why I wasn't sure. <clears throat> no, it says... Where did it go? Grasped his hand. Yeah. Grasping Harry's hand. Huh. Interesting. Gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Quirrell's Myers-Briggs. Um, obviously, as we have already hinted at in this episode... We don't know a lot about Quirrell's actual personality, and we don't know what parts of him are, of the him that we know are his personality, or are caused by the fact that Voldemort is possessing him, or are just Voldemort's personality coming through. So, like, bear with me on this personality. <laughs> give me, give me some flack. Cut me some flack. Oh. Sorry, I was looking up to see what thoughts on the internet were about him shaking hands. Yeah. Somebody says, don't know if I... Do they say Voldemort isn't possessing him? At that yeah, they say, is, that he, they say that he doesn't possess him till post-Gringotts. <gasps> because Quirrell fails to get the stone in Gringotts. Yeah, and so then what he's is... like, you can't do this on your own. So is Quirrell just like carrying Voldemort's soul around in a suitcase like i don't know i i guess we don't really he's know he's speaking to voldemort he's yeah in, well he's in the baby form or right i don't know do we 
I I don't know. No, because in four, don't people say that that baby form like came that like form of the body came about through some dark magic they did with Bertha Jorgens? Mm. Yeah, because like he leaves Quirrell's body and not yeah. as, he doesn't crawl away in the baby form. <laughs> He's just like kind of like, <laughs> like a, a spirit. Yeah, I don't know. I guess we don't know for and sure what the he's been like inhabiting different animals animals in three like until four so yeah. i think the baby form is not material i wonder if four. i wonder if he was a snake i wonder oh. if he was that iguana that girl had <laughs> in the classroom. and girl is just like carrying around this i mean snake. at that point in the class he would have already been like in him was he wearing a turban here it didn't say anything about that he is in the movie. Yeah, but, but it did in this it just said a pale young man, right? It didn't say anything about yeah. the head covering. Well now I'm gonna look 70. at the next time we see him though. Like at the mm. feast, right? Does Harry comment it. that there's a turban now? Well, cause he's staring at the he's staring at it at one point. When he thinks he's looking at Snape and a scar hurts, it's actually the back of Quirrell's head. Oh, yeah, it says, also, if you read closely, there is no mention of Quirrell wearing a turban in the Leaky Cauldron. He's first described wearing a turban only in Hogwarts. But, but, <laughs> uh, Professor Quirrell, in his absurd turban, mm-hmm. was sitting, was talking to a teacher with greasy black hair. So, it, that makes it sound like Harry, Harry has already it. seen the turban. Yeah. Which I, but I think, oh, 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 actually... Three pages earlier, <laughs> Harry spotted Professor Quirrell to the nervous young man from the Leaky Cauldron. He was looking very peculiar in a large purple turban. Okay. It's, it's explained. It's, it's not, not a pothole. I take, so, we take it back. But we just don't really know what form Voldemort is at the time. Yeah. Honestly, I think it's most likely that he's like a snake. Yeah. And that Quirrell just has the snake with him. And Quirrell's speaking parcels on to the snake? Maybe they could do like... Mind. Mind oh, connection. Like legilimens. Yeah. Thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. All right. Okay. I stand corrected. Um, but I do think it's a little iffy. Yeah. I mean, it, like, it does make sense. Like, it's not, like, fans making excuses. Yeah, like, no, with the timeline of the turban, and there's evidence. And Voldemort at the end says something, I think. About how he, like, Yeah, how he's, like, he couldn't do dogs. it by himself yeah. anymore. He needed my help. Okay. Interesting. Hmm. So why is he stuttering? The stutter still doesn't make sense. The stutter is an act, I think. Yeah, but why? Well, now he's like, I am malicious, so I have to like... I have to like... Seem like I got scarred. Yeah. I don't know. And like, maybe he really is like nervous all that time. I mean, I don't doubt he was nervous. Okay. Wait, hold on. One more thing about the stutter... Was he, because there's one time that Harry encounters him thinking he's talking to like Snape, but he's in a room by himself. He's talking to himself. Is he stuttering then? Because that would be the indication to me whether it's an act or not. Because if he thinks he's by himself talking to Voldemort and stuttering, then it's because he's nervous. Yeah, should we look for this? I have no idea when it is. Um, let's see if it's referenced at all in the wiki. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. About a week before Harry's exams, Voldemort ordered Quirrell to try and get the stone again. Harry overheard this and mistook this for a conversation. This conversation for an argument between Snape and Quirrell. A week after... A week before exams. So, like, very close. Because I feel like this is one of the things where he's like, he's going to go for it soon. Like, we have to do something about it. Like, it's towards the end. This is uh, in the thing in the forest, right? No. This oh, is no, in that's the classroom. When he's talking to Snape. Yeah, where Harry's like up in the trees. Yeah, but that's not. I think this might be after that, though. Because that's why he thinks it's Snape, because he's heard them have this conversation before. But then, like, all the stuff happens with the. with Norbert. Yeah, I think it might be after that. Well, the... Oh, maybe I just need to go in this chapter. I'm trying to find it online, but the only thing I'm having is in the last chapter, they refer to that. Don't know. We wouldn't take his cloak. Wait, you said it was before exams. It was, yeah, it was... Oh, well, because exams are canceled, I think, right? They don't even have exams. Oh, they, get, they do their exams. Oh, Okay. I think it said it was a week before exams. Two weeks before exams. What the hell? Where is this? Apparently, Daniel Radcliffe and Ian Hart, who plays Professor Quirrell, did a movie together not too long ago. And in the press for that movie, Daniel Radcliffe was asked how Ian Hart, how Professor Quirrell slept at night because of Voldemort being in the back of his head. And he's like, he probably just slept on his side. (laughs) (laughs) What kind of a question is that? (laughs) And there's so many news articles about it. Jonah Radcliffe says Voldemort is still able to breathe. <laughs> Even if his face was covered by Professor Quirrell. No, and then it's like the mirror of Erised. So I cannot find this. I'm sorry. My guess is that he's stuttering. Because if Harry assumes he's talking to Snape, he definitely stutters when he talks to Snape. Yeah, all I can see is the the stuff with Harry listening to Snape. Okay, let's just move on. Okay, Myers-Briggs. <laughs> um, so, for this personality type, uh, Professor Quirrell is an ISFP, which is the same as Hagrid and Myrtle, and it's called The Adventurer. So, adventurer personalities are true artists, but not necessarily in the typical sense, where they're out painting happy little trees. Often enough, though, they are perfectly capable of this. Rather, it's that they use aesthetics, design, and even their choices and actions to push the limits of social convention. Adventurers enjoy upsetting traditional expectations with experiments in beauty and behavior. Chances are they've expressed more than once the phrase, don't box me in. Um, which I just included this paragraph because, like, it's a very Ravenclaw descriptor. And I think I, like, talked about that with Myrtle. But, um, you know, just, like, being outside the box and, like, using creativity um, for things is very Ravenclaw. And we don't know much about Quirrell, but we do know that he is a Ravenclaw. Um So adventurers live in a colorful, sensual world inspired by connections with people and ideas. These personalities take joy in reinterpreting these connections, reinventing, and experimenting with both themselves and new perspectives. No other type explores and experiments in this way more. 
This creates a sense of spontaneity, making adventurers seem unpredictable, even to their close friends and loved ones. Um, <laughs> there's definitely a sense of unpredictability about Quirrell because um, the fact that he would seek out Voldemort, which Katie, I think, will talk about in the next section, is unusual because we're led to believe he's just like a good, studious um, young wizard. And based on what we know, what he was like prepossession, like, yeah, that's surprising. And basically his whole character exists as a plot twist for like this whole time you're thinking Snape is the one going to get the, trying to get the Sorcerer's Stone. Um, and I also feel like though he feels unappreciated, which is, um, can cause people to like act Okay, so... Super quickly. Interruption. <laughs> back to our earlier discussion. I think you're writing this one. You're going to have to cut out so much. Um, Katie found it where Quirrell is talking to Voldemort, yeah. but Harry thinks he's talking to Snape. Um, and it says, as he drew closer, he heard Quirrell's voice as Harry. And quote from Quirrell, no, no, not again, please. It sounded as though someone was threatening him. Harry moved closer. All right, all right, he heard Quirrell sob. Next second, Quirrell came running out, hurrying out of the classroom, straightening his turban. He was pale and looked as though he was about to cry. He strode out of sight. Harry didn't think Quirrell had even noticed him. He waited until Quirrell's footsteps had disappeared, then peered into the classroom. It was empty, but a door stood ajar at the other end. Harry was halfway toward it before he remembered what he'd promised himself about not meddling. So he thinks Snape was the other person in the room. And he's, like, crying. Yeah, he's repeating words. But he's not stuttering. He's not The stuttering, way it is written though. is, like, no, da- like, M dash, no, M dash, not again, please. Yeah. So, the stuttering is an act. Yeah. Does this make me rethink my... Your, your Myers-Briggs? It implies malicious intent, right? Because we think of the stuttering as like, oh, poor he Quirrell, lives, yeah. he's being possessed by Voldemort. He's a mess this whole year. Yeah. But if he is stuttering to other people at, to like make them not like, suspect him, yeah. he's not trying to like raise the flags and be like, somebody help me, Voldemort's possessing yes. me. He's not like, Poor me, Quirrell. I need help from somebody. He seems like a more willing... Even though, clearly, he he doesn't want to do it. And he's still scared. But stuttering is fake. Also, in that, is he saying, not again, please, like, don't possess me again? Do you think Voldemort left Mm. his body to, like, talk to him? And that's why he's straightening his turban? I think he just took it off so he could hear him. I, maybe not again means, I don't know, do you think Voldemort, like, takes over his body? Oh, like, takes over, like, his, 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 like, consciousness. Yeah. Like, basically uses him as a puppet. Yeah. Or, or do you think just... Voldemort's in his mind just being like, do this, do this, do this? Yeah, and he's like, leave me alone. I maybe mean, that's what Voldemort had been doing, and now he's like, I'm gonna, like, enough. fully operate yeah. your body. Yeah. And that's what Quirrell's resisting. Like, I don't think he's saying not again to, like, try and get past Fluffy. Because Snape was the one who got yeah. bit by Fluffy. No, Quirrell I think he's saying... Quirrell wasn't the one who got bit by Fluffy. He's saying it in something like... He's asking Voldemort yeah. to not do something to him. Yeah. 
which I think is like some level of their oh, possession. Like, like yeah. I think there are different Not levels to, like, of kick the possession. It up yeah. <laughs> Interesting. I'm so confused by Corp. I know. Okay, uh, I'm gonna keep going. Yeah. Um. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> Adventurers are definitely introverts, surprising their friends further when they step out of the spotlight to be by themselves to recharge. Just because they are alone, though, doesn't mean people with the adventurer personality t- personality type sit idle. They take this time for introspection, assessing their principles. Rather than dwelling on the past or the future, adventurers think about who they are. They return from their cloister transformed. So this, like, I think kind of hints at, like, his whole, like, quote-unquote sabbatical. He went out to travel around Europe totally, like, by himself, solo. Um, and, like, we can think about him, like, you know... <laughs> introspecting on who he is as a person and potentially um looking for Voldemort in order to gain more respect or clout um does he want people to fear him instead of just continually overlooking the muggle studies professor um and they return transformed so like this is talking about the personality type, you know, like goes and like sits by themselves or like takes time for themselves and like changes and adapts themselves into who they want to be, um, which isn't necessarily what's happening, but it's a direct parallel to like what we know has happened with Quirrell and that like he left and then he came back possessed by Voldemort, but also clearly a more malicious person. And like he's decided to like, change who he is or start acting a different way yeah or become who he always become wanted who to he be. wanted to be yes adventurers live to find ways to push their passions riskier behaviors like gambling and extreme sports are more common with this personality type than with others i guess he kind of gambled with Hagrid, right didn't they play like a card game yes, <laughs> but it's true um but like, what card game do you, does it say no i don't think so Played cards, probably. That's what they said. Um, but looking for Voldemort obviously was a risky behavior. Um, and like to push their passions, quote unquote. Like maybe his passion was just like trying to gain this like recognition. Which I like that he's not a Slytherin, mm. <laughs> but that's kind of a Slytherin tendency if we read his motivations that way. Yeah. If these goals and principles are noble, adventurers can act with amazing charity and selflessness, but it can also happen that people with the adventurer personality type establish a more self-centered identity, acting with selfish, selfishness, manipulation, and egoism. It's important for adventurers to remember to actively become the person they want to be. Mm-hmm. Developing and maintaining a new habit may not come naturally, like stuttering (laughs) but taking the time each day to understand their motivations allows adventurers to use their strengths to pursue whatever they've come to love i think i chose the right personality (laughs) i think it sounds good so far i think like the qualifier of the adventurer also works really well like i feel like sometimes those aren't as like closely tied to the character we're talking about but like one of the few things we know about him is that like he does like he like went out on yeah. adventure. <laughs> um, so for strengths, we have charming, sensitive to others, imaginative, passionate, curious, and artistic. Um, I would say curious and imaginative, probably. Those yeah. are kind of like Ravenclaw things. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, charming, 
obviously we we don't see yeah (laughs) we don't see that but um weaknesses we have fiercely independent which is funny because he ends up like in a parasitic relationship um unpredictable easily stressed which is the persona (laughs) he puts on yeah overly competitive which if that's like is he you know he's aligning himself with the dark lord in order to improve himself i don't know or gain more recognition and fluctuating Mm self-esteem which i think probably hits on some motivations of seeking out Voldemort. so i don't know i guess i actually feel all right about that personality Um, type i've learned so much about quarrel since we pressed the record button we didn't know where this episode was gonna go and we were like we're in person we'll have better conversation it's fine yeah and yeah no this is fascinating yeah i'm enjoying this so far so the next section um the next section we're just gonna talk about quarrel and like his pre- meeting Voldemort pre-Sorcerer's Stone days. So, like we've mentioned before, he went to Hogwarts at some point (laughs) um, and was sorted into Ravenclaw. And he likely acquired his wand from Ollivander's when he was 11. An Alder wand. (laughs) An Alder wand. Um, As a boy, people say that he was gifted, but, like, delicate and a little bit sensitive. A little bit more sensitive. Mm -hmm. Um, He was teased for his timidity and nerves. Okay. So, we see nerves even pre-Voldemort. Yeah. It says that he did feel as though he was, like, a little bit inadequate, a little bit um, overlooked, and so that's why he became interested in the dark arts in the first place. He felt insignificant and worthless. Um, It is said that he generally took an interest in, like, theoretical dark arts. Um, That's, like, what he excelled at most in school was, like, theoretical concepts and, like, magic and theory. And, like, all of this kind of, like, bullying and self-doubt he has a child could have manifested itself as this, like, desire to prove himself when he was older and, like, um, really become, kind of like we've talked about, like, become the man he thought he was supposed to be. You know, he's like, I've spent my whole life being told or at least thinking that I wasn't good enough, that I wasn't worthy, that, like, everybody was smarter than me in Ravenclaw, And so, like, Mm -hmm. I have to do this thing to prove myself, which ties into the motivations of why he sought out Voldemort, which we'll kind of talk about in depth in a little bit later, just a little bit later. Um, McGonagall was a professor at the time that Quirrell was at school, so she taught him. Um... They say it was, like, most likely a fairly uh, smart student. But, like I said earlier, it was noted that he had a gift for the theory of defensive magic. So, Mm -hmm. again, kind of that more, like, not real-world practical dark arts knowledge, but more theory. More Ravenclaw than Gryffindor or Slytherin. Yeah, very much so, yeah. Um, So then we do know that he became Muggle Studies professor after graduating. We don't really know. The only thing we know about this time comes from Hogwarts Mystery, so I won't talk (laughs) about it, but we do know that he was Muggle Studies professor before becoming DADA professor Mm -hmm. uh, at the beginning of Sorcerer's Stone. Um, 
like Audrey mentioned when we were talking about his birthday, at the end of the 1990s school year, he took a sabbatical until the beginning of the 91 school year Mm -hmm. um, to gain firsthand experience in... But in reality, he took a grand tour around the world in order to hopefully find signs of Voldemort. Mm-hmm. Um, again, like the motivations of why he sought out Voldemort are a little unclear. I think the one I've seen the most often is that he was seeking him for like glory and power purposes. Mm-hmm. Whether or not that was glory and power of bringing him back or glory and power of like finding him and being like, look. The morals are unclear. Yes. Why is unclear? Um, Again, that ties into, like, he was very curious as a child, I guess. So this is, like, partly why he wanted to do what he did. Um, And he all, like, it says that he always fantasized that he could be the man to Mm -hmm. track down Voldemort. But again, we don't know why. We don't know why. And now I'm leaning more towards to bring he him back. wanted to bring him back, but I don't, I don't know. I do think, I, I also think it's possible that he didn't have intentions set. Yeah. Like he was like, I'm just going to be the one to find him. Yeah. Um. Cause I guess like he probably didn't know. Like, what do we think he knew about the state of Voldemort? Because, like, obviously he knows that he's not looking for a body, right? Because if he was looking for a body, he would look at Godric's Hollow. And, like, we... Yeah. I guess, everybody like, everybody knew the there was no body. Um, so, like... I'm sure he had, like, hypotheses, especially since we know that he was, like, very interested in, like, dark, dark theory. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that could have been the driving thing. Is like, he wanted to know what, like... Would have happened. happened. I wonder if I wonder if he also suspected that Voldemort had Horcruxes. I would believe that um, because it sounds like Horcruxes would definitely be something he knew about based on yeah. like how into like the theory of the dark arts. It sounds like I mean, he, he was. becomes a defense against the dark teacher. Yeah, so like. yeah. I think he probably suspected Voldemort had Horcruxes, and I guess he was. I would say he was curious. I think. It, he was probably driven there out of curiosity, but with some ulterior motives of gaining recognition for finding him or defeating him. Yeah. But I think he wasn't averse to the idea of bringing him back. Like his, I think he wasn't, I I don't really know what to think. I really don't. Cause I lean towards, him being more persuade, persuaded by Voldemort when he encountered him. Right, so that's what I think is, like, I think he wasn't... I think he wasn't seeking him out to bring him back, but I think he also wasn't seeking him out to, to destroy, destroy him. him. I think he was seeking him out for the, like, fame of being... The Just fame being the and recognition and, and respect of being the one to find him, but I don't think he actually cared about, like, I'm going to hunt down Voldemort so he never takes him... Like, so he never, like, comes back. Like, I don't... He didn't have, like, Harry Potter motives. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Can I... Can I read something? Yeah. Um, so from the Wizarding World of Writing... Oh, yes. ...on Quirrell, um, there are some things that contradict what we found in the text, actually. Oh. Um, 
and they it does speak on motivations a little bit, which, I mean, we can come up with our own motivations as well. But it says, Quirrell set out deliberately to find whatever remained of the Dark Wizard, partly out of curiosity, partly out of the unacknowledged desire for importance. Um, at the very least, he fantasized that he could be the man who tracked Voldemort down, but that doesn't say defeated yeah. Voldemort. Um, but at best, might learn skills from Voldemort that would ensure he was never laughed at again. So mm-hmm. it sounds like That's there are some muddied intentions. Um, then he says, though Hagrid was correct in saying that Coral had a brilliant mind, the Hogwarts teacher was both naive and arrogant in thinking that he would be able to control an encounter with Voldemort, even in the Dark Wizard's weakened state. When Quirrell realized that the young man, oh, sorry, when Voldemort realized that the young man had a position at Hogwarts, he took immediate possession of Quirrell, who was incapable of resisting. I wonder... If he didn't know he had a position at Hogwarts? No, I wonder if he takes possession of him, and but then not leaves. like permanently. He took immediate possession of Quirrell. While Quirrell did not lose his soul, he, pe- he became completely subjugated by Voldemort, who caused a frightful mutation of Quirrell's body. Now Voldemort looked out of the back of Quirrell's head and directed his movements, even facing him mm-hmm. to attempt, forcing him to attempt murder. Quirrell tried to put up feeble resistance on occasion, but Voldemort was far too strong for him. So potentially, this is what he's saying, no, no, yeah. not again. So it does, Voldemort has directed his movements. It sounds like he's complete control over yeah, Quirrell's body. Yeah. Quirrell is in effect turned into a temporary horcrux by Voldemort. This is like kind of getting ahead of ourselves, but I'm just going to read it. He is greatly depleted by the physical strain of fighting off the far stronger evil soul inside him. Quirrell's body manifests burns and blisters during his fight with Harry to, due to the protective power Harry's mother left in his skin when she died for him. When the body Voldemort and Quirrell are sharing is horribly burned by contact with Harry, the former flees just in time to save himself, leaving the damaged and enfeebled Quirrell to collapse and die. This is so complicated. It and really I don't is. think, I think it is made more complicated by the fact that I don't think the author had fully fleshed out what was actually going on. No. Or she didn't do a good enough job explaining I mean, it to anyone. I don't know if horcruxes were a thing she had in mind at this point, you know? Yeah, like, I think true. maybe an idea... Like, obviously, Voldemort right. survived somehow. Yeah. And I doubt she would get started in the book without having, like, at least an idea of how. Yeah. Because that implies that, like, basically nothing of what we encounter about Quirrell is really Quirrell. Yes. That implies that, like, Voldemort is basically 100% in control, or at least, like, in control enough to stop what he wants to stop, right? I think, to me, it reads as Voldemort is either 100% in control or he is not in Coral's body. So, when he's in the Leaky Cauldron, we know he is not in Coral's body, right? Because of the touch and the touch. Yeah, yes. And potentially... At times, he lets Quirrell not be, like, he lets, he leaves Quirrell's body for periods of time because we hear the, no, no, like, please not again. Yeah. Like, it, but it does seem like it's one or the other. I wonder if, 
if it's kind of like a he can be in the driver's seat when he wants to be yeah in the that makes seat. sense like but once he has entered his body like once he's like made the face on the back and we see coral wearing a turban yeah. from there on out then it's like he's in his body full time yeah but he's like he's not always in, in change yeah so like he might take control like during the quidditch match to try to kill harry yeah and at certain times like he definitely has taken control when they're like down yeah um like trying to get the sorcerer's stone but he also speaks of his own accord in that scene yeah i mean he has a separate mouth it's so confusing (sighs) i like to think and this is i think how i've kind of always interpreted interpreted it as that like Voldemort never really has complete control over Quirrell. And I know that that might be like contradictory to what we hear in the writing and even like some of what we hear in the book. But I think that like I've always considered it more like a Voldemort's power of persuasion. Yeah. And like the power he holds over Quirrell as kind of like threatening him. Like you better do these things. Yeah. Because we always go back to kind of, like, one of the biggest characteristics of Quirrell, like, what everybody talks about is, like, kind of how, like... Susceptible. Weak-minded yeah. and susceptible he is. And I think that plays into that, like... He has a bendy wand. Yeah, like, yeah. I think that, like, that's kind of how I've always thought about it. Me too. And I think I like that better. Yeah, things are getting convoluted here. Because if you... If you that allows for some flexibility across different situations. Yeah. But the other theories do not. Yeah. And I mean, like, Quirrell can still put up a fight and lose in that way. Like, we know yeah. how persuasive, how yeah. terrifying it is to, like, try and go against Voldemort. Yeah, yeah. You know? Like, that. it still makes sense. Yeah. I think. No, I think it does. Okay, I'm going to talk, kind of run through, because we've been dancing around this section. Okay, I have a quote first before we move on. (laughs) There's a quote from Hagrid. Um, I think this is post-meeting Quirrell. Harry's like, what the fuck was up with that? (laughs) He goes, oh yeah, poor bloke, brilliant mind. He was fine while he was studying out of books, but then he took a year off to get some firsthand experience. They say he met vampires in the Black Forest, and there was a nasty bit of trouble with the hack. Never been the same since. Scared of the students, scared of his own subject. Mm. So that, like, I just wanted to, like, bring that up to highlight the, like, there is a stark contrast Mm -hmm. with Quirrell pre-trip and post-trip. Yeah. And, I mean, probably the majority of that is due to Voldemort. Yeah. But some of it, I think you have to believe, is, like, him acting acting and also i think like his i mean like yeah him acting and like playing up the like scared person to like throw people off but i also think that like maybe not so much what what haggard is talking about but i do think like quarrel made a decision Mm -hmm. like i think he is partially resisting and i don't think he likes what he's doing but i think at some point he made a decision to be like this is my way to glory yeah yeah and no like me like what i was saying earlier with like Voldemort not being in complete control, I don't think, like, gets Quirrell off the hook for what mm-hmm. happened. Yeah, Because, yeah. like, he still sought him out, and I'm not clear on his motives for seeking him out, you know? Yeah. Definitely. Okay, so I'm going to kind of run through 
the events of the the first book after um, what Katie's told us about with like seeking out Voldemort and being taken over. So we actually, I feel like, don't even like see him that much throughout the first book. Not really. Um, I we like we never see a GADA class this book. Yeah. Um, so we do know that the day that he saw Harry and Hagrid in the Leaky Cauldron, he was planning to attempt to steal the stone from Gringotts. Um, so, and he did, like, break in, and I think he got to the vault, but there was nothing there anymore, um, because Harry and Hagrid had already taken the stone out. Um, so, I mean, this is, like... Yeah, this is the point where we're kind of saying, like, Voldemort starts to become more involved because probably the original plan was just to, like, get the stone before it made it to Hogwarts before, or wherever it was at the time, that being Gringotts. Um, And then, like, Dumbledore kind of knew that that was coming and he moved the stone before Quirrell could get there. Um, After his first failure, Voldemort began to share Quirrell's body to ensure no further failure would occur. So between the first time we meet him and the second time we meet him, big changes happen. <laughs> um, so then his next attempt to like get the stone is um, after he's returned and become the Defense Against the Dark Arts wizard on the night The Dark of- Arts wizard? The Dark Arts <laughs> Sorry, that just sounded so funny. <laughs> That's funny. Um, I have the wiki up and it says Defense Against the Dark Arts and then on the ne- next oh. line right below it says While Another Wizard. <laughs> um, okay, the Defense Against the Dark Arts professor. Um, on the night of Halloween, he uh, allows a troll or like brings a troll into Hogwarts as a diversion to try to get to the, go to the third floor corridor where the stone is being hidden um and of course we know that like Snape is onto him with this and he follows him and Snape is the one who gets bitten so that's why Harry thinks Snape is the red herring through all of this um so later in the year um we have Quidditch match uh between Gryffindor and Slytherin and Quirrell tries to kill Harry for the first time um, and Hermione thinks that it's Snape messing with Harry's broom, sets the flames, but that's enough to, like, distract everyone, and Quirrell, like, loses his jinx. Okay, I have a quick question. So, while I was on Cora reading some threads about what Snape knew about Quirrell, there's, like, also, can... What's the word, like, conjecture? No, conjunctionally? <laughs> it's, like... Tangentially? No, like... In conjunction with, let's like, with, anyways, <laughs> along with like theories about why Quirrell did what he did, surrounding Quirrell, there's lots of theories about like what Snape knew and why he didn't tell people. Because like throughout the book, we know that Snape is at least suspicious that Voldemort mm-hmm. is attached to Quirrell in some way or like working for Voldemort, mm-hmm. like. Theoretically, we don't know that Snape ever told anybody because we don't know that Snape is good at all in this book. Yeah, yeah. Like, this is prime. Snape is the big bad throughout this book. Um, And in a thread that I was reading about this, it was talking about all the times that Snape protected Harry throughout the books. Uh And one of them, it says, in the movie only, Snape tried to stop 
to the count quarrel with the Quidditch match. Yeah, does uh, that not happen in the books? I don't know that it. Oh, it says Severus Snape interfered again with a counter curse in the wiki. Okay, I think it says that in the movie only he like pushes Quirrell over because you know like Hermione like sets the rose on fire and like he kind of like falls and moves and like that's what ends up stopping it. So what ends up stopping it in the just like just the fire? Yeah, he broke. Oh wait, here we go. Hermione Granger observed the crowd through binoculars in an attempt to figure out who was performing the jinx. She caught Snape discreetly uttering the counter-curse incantation, but erroneously thought he was performing the actual curse. So he was He was muttering. doing that, yes. She later managed to run to Snape's stand and set fire in his robes in order to distract him and make him stop. But during her hurry, she accidentally knocked okay. Quirrell over, causing him to break the eye contact necessary for performing his spell correctly. Interesting. I mean, not that that, like, is, like, Snape's Snape was still in her anyway, yeah. yeah. Um, so then, like, the next Quidditch match, Snape is refing so that he can prevent... And it's still just the biggest dick yeah. ever. Like, what? <laughs> um, and then after this Quidditch match is when Harry, like, follows them, I think. To the right? forest. Follows them to the forest. And he... And Snape is, like, confronting Quirrell and is like, you better not try to steal a stone, basically. Yeah. And he's trying to figure out what what the connection between Quirrell and Voldemort is. Um, but Harry thinks it's Snape trying to, like, intimidate Quirrell into... Um, helping him get past... Helping him get past it, yeah. Quirrell's obstacle. Yes. And then they, like, at the end of that chapter... They're like, so basically, the stone's only safe oh. in, as long as Quirrell stands up to Snape. And Ron's like, it'll be gone by Tuesday. <laughs> so then we have the thing that I had such trouble finding in the book. And Harry... Oh, wait, ha- wait. Harry, Along with that, for like a good section of the book, the trio, especially Harry, is like <laughs> giving Quirrell like encouraging nods. Yeah. And like smiles and like being extra nice to him to try and like motivate him to stay strong against Snape yeah um so then Harry hears this conversation between Quirrell and Voldemort which he thought was with Snape again um and it's basically Voldemort saying like you have to try to get the stone again um theoretically so we're told to believe and then while in detention in the Forbidden Forest we see Quirrell again um, preying on unic- the unicorns and drinking their blood. Um, and he was actually going to attack Harry in this moment, but uh, Ferenz comes to the rescue. I wonder if there's a like full circle fox moment with the unicorn, and if that was the unicorn that gave the hair tail for Quirrell's wand. <laughs> maybe, maybe. <laughs> um, and... Then we, like, set into uh, motion the, like, end of the the book after the uh, Forbidden Forest detention. So um, on June 4th, Dumbledore leaves for London. And I think everyone, or all the professors know he's gone, and the trio learns he's gone. So they know that, like, Snape, I'm saying Snape in quotes because it's really cruel, is going to make his move tonight. Yeah, because Harry goes to McGonagall and is like, have to talk mm-hmm. to Professor Dumbledore. She's like, he's not here. Um, and we also find out that 
Hagrid has told Quirrell how to get past uh, Fluffy. And in that set of events, Hagrid also kind of tells the trio how to get past Fluffy. Um, And, oh, this says Quirrell sent a forged letter to Dumbledore summoning him Mm. to the ministry. So Quirrell was the one who was like, got to get Dumbledore out of there. Um, showing that, like, Voldemort really saw Dumbledore as the only threat. Yeah. And then he went after the stone, and we know that the trio was kind of following him through these chambers. Um, and the, like, he's already, he's the one who, like, defeats his own troll, um, so the trio doesn't have to do that. And he is in the final chamber already, struggling with the mirror of Erised, when Harry arrives. And this is when... Things are revealed. Um, should we just go to the book there? Yeah, hold on, let me try and pull up. We see some nonverbal magic. Yeah. Um, and I think this is when... And Coral like, unwraps the turban and shows Voldemort's face. Yeah. There was already someone there, but it wasn't Snape. It wasn't even Voldemort. End of chapter. That cliffhanger. <laughs> Oh, this chapter is the man with two faces. It was Quirrell. You, gasped Harry. <laughs> yeah, he said, me, he said calmly. I wondered whether I'd be meeting you here, Potter. Yeah. So, like, again, stutter, gone. And, and also, calm. yeah, so he has been resisting Voldemort to a certain extent in this time, but now I feel like <laughs> it's really showing, like, he there's something in this for him too yeah. and maybe perhaps he thinks that he will gain access to the stone like that Voldemort may let him have the stone or some of the elixir which like why the hell would you think that if you know Voldemort at all but you know like he seems personally motivated at this yeah. point and like he not only is he like calm he's like he's a little creepy yeah like, the, this quote Yes, Severus, Severus does seem the type, doesn't he? So useful to have him sweeping around like an overgrown bat. Next to him, who would suspect <laughs> p- p- poor, stuttering p- Professor Quirrell? Okay, yep. Like, he seems, like... M- Malicious. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I'm just skimming through this. I wanted to find... I have a special gift with trolls. <laughs> Interesting. It's like his thing. Okay. <laughs> Harry would have screamed, but he couldn't make a sound. Where there should have been the back of Quirrell's head, there was a face, the most terrible face Harry had ever seen. It was chalk white with glaring red eyes and slits for nostrils like a snake. Mm. See what I've become? Mere shadow and vapor. So definitely not corporeal yeah i have form only when i can share another's body but there have been always those willing to let me into their hearts and minds unicorn blood has strengthened me these past weeks you saw fateful coral drinking it for me in the forest and once i have the elixir life i'll be able to create a body of my own now why don't you give me that stone in your pocket and then it immediately goes into like harry touching him like this Mm. is so fast yeah Interesting. The characterization of Voldemort in this book is so weird to me because not only is it not like how it is in the books, like they change it later to like how it is in the books more. And so not only is it different from the books, it's different from like later in the movies. 
What do you mean? Like uh, the back of like Voldemort's face in this is different. Oh, but he has slits. Oh, you mean in the movie? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, in the book yeah, yeah. it's consistent, but like yeah. in the movie it's different from the book and from later movies. Yes, yeah. Which is odd. Um. Okay, so that's. <laughs> do we curls. have any concluding thoughts? Do we do we make any decisions on where we come down? about Quirrell's culpability in all of this. I think he is culpable. Because I think... I'm not... I think it would have taken an extraordinary person to resist Voldemort, mm-hmm. like someone like Harry Potter, um, <laughs> to like fully resist Potter... to fully resist <laughs> Voldemort. But I do think that Quirrell was not just like a... Innocent bystander. Innocent bystander or an unwilling pawn. I think he thought that there was something in it for himself. Voldemort was probably telling him that there was something in it, even though Voldemort was probably just going to kill Quirrell after this. Um, But, yeah, I think he is partially to blame, which is, I think, not how... I previously viewed Quirrell. I think I previously viewed Quirrell just as, like, a pawn, and I felt kind of bad for him. Yeah. Because that's, like, the appearance he puts up. Yeah. I think that I'm more in line with where you came down, and I think that he... I don't think that his intentions, especially leaving for his trip, was to bring Voldemort back from the dead. Mm -hmm. I don't even think that was, like, tangentially kind of a great motivator for him throughout Mm -hmm. even the events of Sorcerer's Stone. Mm-hmm. I really think he just wanted power and Voldemort was it was so easy for, for Voldemort to like sell that to mm-hmm. Quirrell. Yeah. You know, he wanted power. He is a weaker person. Yeah. He yeah. has a lot of like inferiority complexes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um how many times have we said that in the past couple of or how many times have I said that in the past <laughs> three episodes? Um I think it just, like, made him a perfect candidate for Voldemort to do what he did to him. hmm Yeah. And I think, like, I do think that you can make the argument that sharing a body with Voldemort corrupted him through that. Through, yeah. like, just the yeah, fact definitely. that, like, Voldemort was in his head for however many months. Yeah. You know, and so, like, him in the chamber being that, like, malicious person... Yeah could have resulted from sharing a bar sharing a body with Voldemort because we see how like horcruxes affect people like that's even more direct than like that's like the part of Voldemort's soul yeah and I think that and that that is so because you brought up how he was different from Harry it takes a person like Harry like if we're saying that like basically Quirrell was a host for Voldemort's soul and a horcrux just like Harry was we could like we directly see these two different outcomes I think there is a little bit of a difference there because you know how like as horcruxes are made, right? You keep one part of your soul for yourself and you put some other kind of like, I think of it as like an idle part of your soul into something else. And obviously that that part of your soul still does things, right? Like the necklace and in Harry and everything. But yeah, the part in Quirrell is the active part of the soul, which I think is a little bit different. But 
obviously, I think it's a good parallel to compare him to Harry in that sense. And as far as what you were saying before of like him becoming more corrupted by Voldemort, I definitely think that's the case. Um, and I definitely think that like the quarrel in the chamber at the end is definitely like more malicious and a worse person and has worse intentions than the one who like set out to yeah. find Voldemort. But I do think that like some of those intentions were there. Just like whether or not he like voiced them and actually like confronted them when he first set out Voldemort it's unknown but like I think they were definitely there and I think what Voldemort does is that he doesn't like he doesn't change people entirely but he preys on the parts of them that he can use so someone like Peter Pettigrew I was just gonna say Wormtail he uses Wormtail's insecurities about his role in the Marauders to um you know help reveal that information even though Wormtail maybe went willingly but then also later on he uses Wormtail's own inferiority complexes to basically use him as a slave yeah um someone like Snape Mm. like who when he first became when (laughs) when he first became a Death Eater um he had these like prejudices and hate for people like James Potter and prejudices that we see start to come through um when he calls lily a mudblood and then like snape preys on that and like brings him into a community and you know makes him feel important for the first time in his life and he becomes a death eater you know like i think that's kind of Voldemort's mo is he's very good at using people but like you he cannot use people who are like pure yeah like harry we always talk about as like this pure yeah person and like there's nothing for Voldemort to prey on there yeah there's like not that Harry's not insecure about things but there's nothing to like that Voldemort can like poke and prod and like amplify yeah to turn Harry into a bad person yeah definitely and not saying that like Coral and Snape weren't bad people before but (laughs) (laughs) he takes the bad parts of them and makes them bigger yeah but with Harry the bad part doesn't really exist yeah Oh, Harry. (laughs) So the final thing I guess we can kind of discuss with Quirrell is just there's a lot of theories around the first book of like why the events even happen. And Katie touched on kind of one of these earlier is like, why does Snape not tell anybody? Why does Snape allow these things to happen? And I guess you could make the argument that Snape tells Dumbledore of his suspicions about Quirrell because we know Snape is quote unquote a good guy. <laughs> on the good side. Yes, yes, um, I know what you meant. <laughs> and he probably would have confided in Dumbledore this suspicion. So why does Dumbledore allow all of this to happen? And there are a few theories on that. Yeah. I mean there's like I think probably one of the most prevalent ones is that like I think you brought this up before you started recording, but that like he was basically like setting a trap for Voldemort. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think he had faith, like he knew that Voldemort could not, so no matter sorry. how hard he tried, get past the mirror of Erised. Yeah. So it's kind of like a full foolproof trap, yeah. basically. Yeah. Because like he has that trump card of the mirror of Erised. Yeah. The mirror of Erised, you can't trick, you can't beat with like with magic or like superior magic i think that the thing 
I think I kind of I kind of like this theory that Dumbledore was not just like unaware of everything yeah. that was going on because I think obviously we talk about this all the time. Dumbledore kind of knows everything, <laughs> and I think it starts from like the beginning, which is. I was, you know, reading some of these theories online, so I'm picking from what other people have said as well, but there's no reason to move the stone. Nicholas Fumel had the stone for six centuries and was fine with it. Um, And it's not like, it's not like Dumbledore, because we know that Nicholas Fumel is like, wants to die at this point, right? Yeah. But there's also like, no reason he needs to give Dumbledore the stone for that to happen. Like, he could just stop using it. Exactly. So... The stone is the perfect bait yeah. for Voldemort. I don't know that Dumbledore necessarily knew that like Quirrell was setting out to find Voldemort yeah. and that Voldemort was going to come back and Quirrell, but I think he pretty much figured out early on that there was something different about Quirrell and Quirrell was being used by Voldemort in some way. And then you have the argument that, as you said about the, the different obstacles, Quirrell would never get past the mirror, but... Um, it was a way to test how strong mm. Voldemort was and kind of see where Voldemort was at. And it was also a way to test Harry. Harry. And whether he was worthy. the the people have pointed out that the the obstacles are very well made for Harry and his friends, mm-hmm. the trio, right? They are something that an eleven year old can get through. Yeah. And it's like allowing Dumbledore to kind of see Harry's capability. There's got to be a reason all of this is happening in the year that it's happening. Yeah. Right? Why did Dumbledore choose 1991 as the yeah. year he was going to test Voldemort? Like, what's Voldemort? different? Maybe what's Harry different Potter is that Harry Potter is a wizard, like, <laughs> and knows he's a wizard. Yeah. So. And Voldemort will know where. This is also the first time that Voldemort will know where Harry is. Yeah. Because, like, he doesn't yeah. know about yeah. Privet Drive at this point, yeah. I think. That's a good point. And. The thing about Dumbledore leaving, Dumbledore definitely wasn't fooled by the yeah. Ministry of Magic. I mean, he's back pretty quickly. I mean, I know Apparatus is a thing, but he probably felt fine leaving because he knew Voldemort couldn't get past it. Yeah, and he wanted Harry to feel like he had to take the initiative. You know, yeah. maybe he's testing Harry's hero complex a little bit. <laughs> and he probably, if he knew about like the love magic and stuff. You know, like, he probably knew that Harry also Harry kind safe. of had the trump card of, like, he could just touch him. Yeah, and, like, Harry could not be killed. Yeah, and by. if Harry has the Sorcerer's Stone in his pocket, like, I feel like there has to be some protection of, like, they couldn't just kill him and take the stone out of his pocket. Like, I, I'm sure the magic doesn't work that way. So, like, as long as the stone is in Harry's pocket, Harry is safe mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. I just want to look a little bit at what Dumbledore had to say because there's the brief conversation. Yeah, alas, um, So, um, good afternoon, Harry said Dumbledore, and Harry's immediately like, "The stone, sir, the stone. It was Quirrell." (laughs) (laughs) And Dumbledore's like, "Quirrell doesn't have the stone." (laughs) Um, So they talk a little bit. You murdered him, Harry. (laughs) (laughs) Um. No sooner had I reached London than it became clear to me that the place I should be was the one I had just left. I had arrived just in time to pull Coral off of you. That is such a Dumbledore line. The place I like should, should be, be is the, the place I, I just left. left. Um, Stone has been destroyed. And Harry asks about Nicholas Fomel. 
And then... He says something about, I owe you the truth, right? Mm. Ah, yeah, truth. It is a beautiful and terrible thing, and should therefore be treated with great caution. However, I will answer your questions. Um... Why Harry asks, why would Voldemort want to kill me in the first place? And and Dumbledore's like, mm, not today. <laughs> <laughs> why couldn't Quirrell touch me? Harry says, and Dumbledore says, your mother died to save you. He knew about the love magic, uh, obviously. Oh, yeah, and also another thing in this theory is that Dumbledore gave Harry the invisibility the cloak. cloak. Yeah. Um, okay. There's something else. Fire away. Quirrell and Snape. Professor Snape Harry. Yes, him. Quirrell said he hates me because he hated my father. Is that true? Well, they did rather detest each other. <laughs> so, oh, so that, I mentioned earlier earlier that Quirrell was aware of the Marauders. Mm-hmm. That must yeah. be the context. Mm-hmm. This is the first time we hear about James saving Snape's life. Mm. Um... How did I get the stone out of the mirror? Ah, now I'm glad you asked me that. It was one of my more brilliant ideas. And between you and me, that's saying something. (laughs) You see, the only one who wanted to find the stone, find it and not use it, would be able to get it. Otherwise, they'd just see themselves making gold or drinking elixir of life. My brain surprises me even sometimes. Now, enough questions. And then he eats an earwax. Earwax, <laughs> so he doesn't really tell Harry a lot. No, um, but it does kind of seem, even without that conversation, I think it seems that Dumbledore knew what was going on and allowed it to happen. Yeah. Okay. Which is maybe questionable. Yes. <laughs> like we've talked about, kind of all of these things that like made Harry safe, but at like the end of the day, it was still an eleven-year-old going up against. Even if Voldemort didn't have his own body, like, Quirrell was still a grown wizard, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Do you want to do the where are they now? Oh. (laughs) Quirrell... So, the last time we see Quirrell, he's, like, badly burned. But in the movie, he, like, crumbles to dust. Yeah. So, I I don't know if there's a body... Yeah. Or not. Um, but he does say, but Dumbledore does say, he left Quirrell to die. So, Quirrell is dead. Oh, so that's also, like, another thing I think, like, to protect Harry. Like, Quirrell died a long and painful death. He wasn't, like, <laughs> <laughs> you weren't there when his life ended, you know? Yeah. So do you think his body's still just in there? I mean, they had they to go back moved, and get the they mirror. They would have moved it. Cause, well, because Dumbledore went down there, too. Yeah. So, I think he, they took care of it. It just burned it. Yeah. <laughs> burned it a little bit more. <laughs> Either way, he's dust. Um, yeah, he's dead. I forget a Marauders prequel. Give me a Quirrell prequel. Like... Mm-hmm. It, that goes, maybe even goes into his perspective during yeah. this time. Because I think, Jeez. yeah, this has been, this has been illuminating. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I totally forgot about the popcorn. Um, so Quirrell doesn't have a cocktail, unfortunately, yes. but we forgot to do the oh, wrong yeah. cocktail because 
we didn't have the book when we originally did the Ryan episode, and we just didn't even think about it for the new Ron episode. So we'll talk about Ron's cocktail now. Yeah, so the Ron cocktail is the fizzing Wisby. Ron's not exactly a master of potions, so he needs a drink that tastes great, but it's pretty easy to make. <laughs> and this is it. The taste can vary greatly depending on the type of rum used. So it's um, two parts amaretto, three parts spiced rum, and cola to fill. So it's basically like a rum and coke with some amaretto spiked in there, which I sounds pretty good to me. Yeah, not bad, not bad. Um, so for the pop quiz, Audrey and I are going to be answering the question what we think that, which obstacle we think each other would be the best at. To get past. To get yes. past, Yes. Okay, should we answer that and then we can just say what people yeah, those, had in the yeah. Facebook? Um, oh, we got some answers? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, so anyway, I think <laughs> that Katie would be best equipped to get past the mirror. Oh, because okay. You're a Hufflepuff. That, that's you would story. never have the malicious intentions I don't see you as someone who wants to live forever. No. Um, so, like, you would not want to use the stone at all. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and I think, like, the, nice. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> but I think, like, the, the whole point of the mirror is, like, only a good person can get by it. Oh and you're a good person. I was not <laughs> expecting you to say that at all. <laughs> I think I was expecting you to say the devil's snare for some reason. You are? I was trying to think about this, and I feel like, I don't know. Are you calm under pressure? No. I mean, I, I to be fair, I think I put, like, the impression of being calm, mm-hmm. but I am not okay. internally calm. I couldn't decide on that so yeah but then I thought of the mirror I was like I hadn't even been thinking of that as an obstacle yeah okay so I'm deciding between two because I think like the obvious answer for any Ravenclaw is obviously the potions um puzzle Mm -hmm. and I do think that you would be able to figure that out but I'm also considering the keys because I think that like I would love to play Quidditch yeah (laughs) yeah you know so I think either of those yeah, I think those are the ones I would have a chance at. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I've never flown a broom, but yeah. I'm fairly athletic. Yeah, yeah. I would have faith in you to do that. <laughs> but I, I've always thought to myself the potions because yeah. I love a good logic puzzle. Yeah. And I mean, do you I don't, You asked me if I knew how to play chess. I didn't even ask I do, you. I do. No. <laughs> okay. Not at all. I would not do well in the chess. And like Fluffy's kind of a bad answer you just need the knowledge yeah. for that but it's not like deductive reason. and then like the troll is obviously already taken care of for the trio and i would not survive on the troll yeah that would and the I devil's snare i would immediately start thrashing around i feel like i'm a little bit claustrophobic and i would have some issues i think even if i could recognize that it was devil snare and know what i would need to do i might have like already thrashed myself around too <laughs> to much <death. laughs> yeah <laughs> Okay, so then part two of the question for the masses was... Which is your favorite? Yeah. Uh, so we had unanimous. We had three answers. Is it the potions puzzle? They're all the potions puzzle. <laughs> um, Shelby, Morgan, and Leia said that. And then Leia also added that she would have loved to see it in the movie. Mm, um, yeah. Which, yeah, would have been cool. Um, they took out, took out killed so it. in the movie. <laughs> um, yeah, mine's, I think it's a basic answer because everybody yeah. said it, but I think it's the potions puzzle. I do, 
I love the like motif of the winged keys. Yeah. That is like, I have like a prop replica of that yeah. from one of my subscription boxes. And it's like one of my favorite pieces of Harry Potter. That'd be kind of cool to Like do. things that I have. Yeah. I think Megan might have winged mm. keys. Or no, maybe she has keys. I think she has winged keys. Mm. Um, and I just like, I really like the visual of all the flying mm-hmm. keys. Um, so I think, I don't know, I think, I think I might choose that one. Yeah. Like, I, like I do that think one. that the puzzle, the potion puzzle, yeah. The potion puzzle, I think, is the most fun to read, though, and I think that's why. Yeah. yeah. Why people love it so much. And I, I do agree. I think that is the most fun one to read. Yeah. But I just, like, I don't know, I just love, like, the winged keys visual. Yeah, and I just really like how... I really like how the the chamber obstacles reveal things about the professors who made them. Mm, yeah. Um, I think it's kind of cool. Uh, I don't know. Like, you could go into, like, each of them and be like, yeah. oh, like, you know, McGonagall uh, values, like, strategy. Yeah. And um, self-sacrifice is a very Gryffindor thing. Yeah. And Snape is almost entirely, like, logic and, like confidence that you're taking the right one yeah um but like it's the, it's entirely brains yeah and like the downside of like that one might be one of the you most could die ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah i also i was just thinking about this i really like how the keys and the devil snare in particular show the trio working together the yeah. way that they do because yeah. like wow like hermione shines in the devil snare and yeah. harry shines in the keys like Ron, I think, is the one who's like, there's a broom over there. Yeah. Like, we have to fly. Maybe? Yeah, because they all originally tried to do a Lahomora. Yeah. And they try to, like, no, they don't know Akio. No. But I think they try to, like, use yeah. magic. Yeah. And get then, it. like, I, I don't think Hermione is the one that says this, but they, like, look at the door and they're like, this is what the key should look mm-hmm. like. And I just, I think those two showing them work together and, like, semi in the chess room, but, like, Ron is, like, so dominant in that mm-hmm. one that it's, like, Hermione yeah, and Harry are and less consequential. The potions one, Harry totally lets <laughs> Hermione. <laughs> yeah. But, like, he chose his trust in him. Yeah. I mean, in her. Yeah. Because yeah. he's like, you sure this is the right one? And she's like, yeah. And he's like, okay. Sounds good. Because, <laughs> like, the consequences, like you said, could be so dire. Yeah. Okay. Wow. That episode was not at all... These are my favorite episodes. As I thought it was I going. really, like... Like, I think our Peter Pettigrew episode was, like, semi-similar. Like, breaking down characters' motivations and, like, why they are the way mm-hmm. that they are, I think are some of my favorite things to talk about. Yeah, I just, I didn't think we had that much to say about Quirrell. I know, we didn't have any notes for this episode. <laughs> but uh, yeah. I hope you guys enjoyed it, too. Yeah. Um, it's maybe less organized because of the fact that we didn't have notes, but. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. So you can find our episodes coming out every other Tuesday. Um, And I will ask, as I always ask, that you rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Even if that's not your mode of listening, um, you can just head on over to Apple Podcasts and rate and review. And also subscribe on whatever platform you have and and download our episodes because we forgot to mention this in our announcements. But we did hit 50,000 downloads. Yeah. All time, which is a big number. Yeah. 
that's a lot of and like I know those aren't like individual people but that's still a lot of people who's heard who have heard our voices at least yeah at least some amount yeah um and what do we have almost 100 episodes so yeah we're almost at 100 that's like 500 downloads average, average which you know I know people sometimes download things and don't listen to them <laughs> but like that's downloads are are like one of the biggest stats for podcasts yeah, so, so. Thank you to everyone who's ever downloaded an episode and particularly to you folks who have listened this far into this one and yeah, listen to them too because it is a weird stat because you you don't really know. But uh, yeah, thanks everybody. Yeah. Um, You can find us on social media. We are Wizard Studies Podcast on Facebook and Instagram and Wizard Studies on Twitter. You can join our Facebook group if you'd like to participate participate in our pop quiz questions. Um, Facebook group is Wizard Studies Podcast group on Facebook. All right. As always, thank you so much for listening. And remember, just do your best. We'll do the rest. And learn until our brains all rot. Bye.